our scripture for the day. Prophet Jeremiah, the 31st chapter, the 31st verse through the 37th verse. And it reads as follows. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt. My covenant which they broke. My covenant which they broke. Though I was a husband to them, says the Lord. But it is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after these days, says the Lord. I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. No more shall every man teach his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord. For they all shall know me from the least of them, to the greatest of them, says the Lord. For I will forgive their iniquities and their sins. I will remember no more. Thus says the Lord, who gives the sun for a light by day, the ordinances of the moon and the stars for the light by night. Who disturbs the sea and its waves roar. The Lord of hosts is his name. If those ordinances depart, from before me, says the Lord, then the seed of Israel shall also cease from being a nation before me forever. <laughs> May the Lord also, thus says the Lord, if heaven above can be measured and the foundation of the earth search out beneath, I will also cast off all the seed of Israel for all that they have done, says the Lord. May God bless his holy word. I want to talk briefly this morning on the theme, After Forgiveness. After Forgiveness. Our story really takes place back when Israel, amen, was in Egypt. It really is a time when the children of Israel were in captivity in Egypt. And they were praying and praying and praying and praying for God to send a deliverer. Amen. You and I know that sometimes, amen, oftentimes, realistically, every time that we pray and ask God for something, amen, it's never in our time but in God's time. Amen. And so when the time... Uh, was appropriate when God felt, okay, they've had enough, amen. So the Bible tells us, amen, that God had already put in place this young baby, amen, who would be drawn out of the river, amen, and they would call him Moses. And he would be, if you will, outside of the realm of the area or of the family, amen, that he was in. He was taught the things. He was in high esteem, amen. He was a great builder. He was a master builder. Only because of how he was raised. But the truth of the matter was he was from the hood. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Moses uh, 
uh, mother because there was a decree that all young male children would be killed, amen. Uh, she put him in a basket in the river, amen, and, and sent him on his way. And, and God had set things in order uh, for what happened to have happened, amen. So as time goes on and God fixed it, amen, and got him uh, a master builder and somebody that was esteemed, amen, by the house of Pharaoh, amen. Now it was time to put God's plan in a process, amen. And so God fixed it so that, so that Pharaoh would have to kick Moses out. Hello, somebody. Amen. Well, it was God's plan because Moses was the chosen one from God, amen, to do what it was God needed him to do. And so the Bible teaches us and tells us, you know, he was put out and he went through the desert, he went through the wilderness, and he was transformed as he was being purified, amen. You see, one of the things that we don't acknowledge and realize is all the time that Moses spent, amen, in the desert, in the wilderness, it was God transforming his attitude, transforming his spirit, transforming him so that he could do the will of God. And so God saved him and put him in place. And after a while, you know the story, after a while he found this this drawing, if you will, this compulsion, if you will, to, to go and see this noise, to see this light on the top of a mountain, amen. And surely when he got up there, it's the story that you and I know, and what I call the burning bush, amen. It's when God was speaking to Moses in his spirit. Now, God wasn't really talking to him like I'm talking to you, but he was speaking to his spirit. And Moses looked at this thing and he said, I wonder what this is all about. How in the world can something be on fire but not consumed? I really don't quite understand that. Well, if you really want to know how it works, amen, that's what we are supposed to be. I said something right there. We're supposed to be on fire but not consumed. Mm -hmm, yeah. God spoke to Moses and told him, I'm sending you back to where you came from. And when you get there, I want you to tell Pharaoh to let my people go. Moses tried to get out of it. Amen. He, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm slow in speech. I, you know, I don't have eloquent words. You know, it's kind of how some of us feel about praying in public. I'm going to leave that right there. Amen. But when God speaks, amen, he directs us. And so surely now, you know the story, you know, God hardened the heart of Pharaoh so that Pharaoh would not let the people of God go. Amen. And so there were these plagues that happened so, so that the people could see that it was God who was causing the plagues so that the children of Israel would have a clear understanding that they will make it not by their might but by the power of God. Amen. And that they had to learn how to trust in God. Amen. With all of their heart, with all of their soul, and with all of their mind. Amen. So they left. They left the land of Egypt finally, finally, finally. And on the way, God showed them his authority and his power. How do you know? Well, you know the Red Sea situation, amen. You know, you know when there was no more water. You know about that, amen, how, they, how, how Moses struck a rock. You know, you understand all of that, how they had manna come in the mornings, amen. You, you know the story, amen. Then they finally get to the place where God was. Ah, and God wrote with his finger, if you will, what we call the Ten Commandments, gave them to Moses. 
And Moses, in turn, was to give them to the children of Israel, God's people. That helps us to understand that all of the doubting that must have happened before they got to the mountain, amen, God had forgiven them for because he turned around and gave them his laws. I wish I had a witness right there. Yeah, so he gave them his The first law, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. You shall have no other gods before me. And when we looked at that, amen, Moses gave these laws, honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord gives you. Thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not cover thy name. All of these things were offered, amen. All of these things were given to the children of Israel so that they would have it before them. But the Bible says in Jeremiah that they broke their covenant with God. Even though God did all of that for them, they broke their covenant with God. So now because he loves us so much, <laughs> because he loves his people so much, he has determined that he will forgive them one more time. I'm going to forgive you. I'm going to forgive you. And I'm going to switch up some stuff. I am no longer going to have you tell somebody. I'm not going to have you write it down on a piece of paper. I'm not going to have you do any of that. I'm not going to have fathers tell sons and mothers tell daughters. No longer will I have the responsibility placed upon somebody else. God says, I'm going to do it myself. I'm going to write my laws on their hearts. So I've just come this morning to just offer you this thought, if you will. After you've been forgiven, then what? Do we have the writings of the Lord's commandments on our hearts? I mean, is it embedded in our souls that, that we should love the Lord our God with all of our heart and with all of our soul and with all of our mind? Do we have the commandments of even Jesus who simplified everything by saying this, My, you shall love the Lord God first and your neighbor like you love yourself. And that's why we say on these two commandments depend all the laws. And the prophet, do you love God first? Do you love your neighbor like you love yourself? If we would do that, my brothers and sisters, we would then understand after we have been forgiven, it's been written on our hearts. We live with it daily. And even when people misuse us, even when people abuse us, we have to find a way to forgive them. We have to find a way to look past that, to look beyond that, and to acknowledge God is still our refuge, still our strength, still our very present help in our time of struggle and trouble. Is there anybody here who has has not forgiven somebody is there anybody here who would determine if, I, if it's not in writing I can't deal with it well I wonder if it's in your heart love your neighbor love God after forgiveness there's responsibility everybody in here you know we can walk around telling folks I am saved and sanctified 
filled with the Holy Ghost. We can be saved and sanctified and filled with the Holy Ghost. And then the contradiction is you're ready to cuss somebody out. We're ready to beat somebody down. We're, we're ready to let somebody know I have, this is the favorite line here, I, I've forgotten, but I'm, I'm, I forgive you, but I'll never forget it. But that's not what the text says. The text says, my brothers and sisters, to, to the Israelites in, as Jeremiah writes it, I will not remember your iniquities anymore. So we have to learn how to let stuff go. You know, I don't usually tell you to tell somebody to do something, but nudge your neighbor and just tell them, let it go. Let, 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 let it, let it, let it go. Let it go, whatever it is, because the truth of the matter is it's hindering us from doing and being what God would have us to do and be. Let it go. I mean, let, let the reality of it go, my brothers and sisters. If God has brought you thus far, he's bringing you here for a purpose, and that is to, for you to understand Though the difficulties of life are all around me, God is my Savior. God is my determining factor on what I will do. I love you, Lord. We used to sing. We don't sing it anymore. I love the Lord. He heard my cry and pitied my every groan. Long As I live and troubles rise, I'll hasten. That means I'm going to hurry up. That means I'm going to hurry, hurry up. That means I'm going to really get there quickly because if I don't get there quickly, I might turn and forget what the Lord has done for me. I'll hasten to his throne. In other words, I'm going to get there to remember how good God has been to me. And, and now we've moved it into modern terminology. Can I give you modern terminology with it? When I think <laughs> of the goodness of Jesus and everything he's done for me, my soul cries out, hallelujah. I know you want to say hallelujah, but hallelujah has no benefit, my brothers and sisters, if we don't have the writings of God's laws in our heart if we don't understand that we've got to learn how to love everybody. You can't just love black folk or white folk. You can't just love Republicans or Democrats or independents. You've got to love everybody. You've got to have some love for everybody because we are all in the same. We are all the same. God made us in his own image and after his own likeness. And I've got something good to tell you. After he made us, he said, that's shown enough good. I, I need you to understand you are no better than anybody else. We are, I'm no better than you and you ain't no better than me. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But I'm so glad I can acknowledge even though I've fallen short of his love, I can still call upon him and he will answer me. Is there anybody here who is a witness that God has made a way for you out of no way? Is there a witness in here that will tell somebody, though they slay me, yet will I trust him? Is there anybody up in here that's not ashamed to acknowledge God is still sitting high and looking low? Is there anybody here that's not ashamed to let the world know after I've been forgiven, I will trust in the Lord. I will trust in the Lord till I die. Is there anybody here that will acknowledge him? 
after, 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 after forgiveness. This is what God said. I'm going to write it on their heart. And they will be my people. And I will be their God. Is he your God? I mean, does he know you like that? Huh? Does he really know you? So when you cry out, God, he knows it's you. When you're sick and you call him, does he come to your rescue and heal you when you're sick? Clothe you when you're naked? Give you water when you're thirsty? After forgiveness, God continues to show us his love and his concern. What in turn do we show God? Is there anybody here that is not so, you know, so diddy, if you will, that they're ashamed to let somebody know if it had not been for the Lord who was on my side, I could not have made it. I know how some of us are. We are so silent and so sedity, amen, that we can't move nothing. But when you think about what the Lord has done for you, when it's written down in your heart, when you understand it's on me and I can't stop, I can't hold my peace. If I can't do nothing else but give him a wave praise, I'm going to give him a wave praise. But my God, I'm going to do something. I'm going to let everybody know that God is still a blessing that he's still in the blessing business that he still wakes me up in the morning takes care of me at night i don't know about you my brothers and sisters but i just can't make it without the lord i don't know about you but i can't get past another day's journey without the lord we used to tell somebody just another day that the lord has kept me but i've come by to remind you if he kept me he can keep you but you gotta write it down in your heart you gotta let god in you have to let him in That's why it says, let the redeemed, let the forgiven of the Lord say so. I know. But when you, when you feel it, when he's written, in your heart you're going to try to sit down you're going to, hello you know that song I like to talk uh, that song I like to sing said I wasn't going to tell nobody but I just can't keep it to myself but the Lord has done for me then I'm giving you a witness I'm making you a witness because I say you ought to have been there <laughs> when he saved my soul you ought to have been there when he wrote my name on the roll then I started walking talking, singing, shouting about what the Lord has done for me after forgiveness no longer no longer will you need to see it in print it ought to be in your heart. Has the Lord saved you? 
Did he forgive you of your sins? I want you to know if he in fact has, he has cast them into the sea of forgetfulness. So whatever you did yesterday, whatever you did last year, whatever you did the year before, it's all been forgiven. If God has forgiven you. So now after forgiveness, after that, God has his spiritual pen, permanent ink, and he is writing on your heart, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Compton, who brought you out of the land of trouble, who brought you out of the land of difficulties, huh, into the house of freedom. I no longer will depend on you or me to tell somebody of his love. I'm going to write it on their heart. And I promise you this, when I write it, I'm going to be there, God, because <laughs> you can't help it. And they will be my children. Thus, says the Lord.